thank you for that good music and choir. Thank you. And I can't believe you're back again tonight. Thought I could run you away, you know. You've been a blessing. The food, thank you. Several of you have had us to eat. We've thoroughly enjoyed it. Thank you so much. And the food here tonight, and uh, it's been a joy. Some of you have been working in the nursery. Thank you, sound folks, music folks. Uh, thank you for your ministry to make this week a blessing. Some of you have been here early to greet folks. And uh, we appreciate all that you've done. And may the Lord get the glory for our time together. We have enjoyed it. It's been a real joy. Uh, you know, when Jared and I get together, uh, we're not like father and son. We're like brothers in Christ. And that's what's so fun. We get together and we, we compare sermons, you know, and I, I share with him what I'm going to preach the next week. You know, it's on our heart. And I'm excited about it. And his is. And so, uh, you know, I get a great good bunch of good points from uh, sermons he's going to preach here. And uh, I trust he gets some from me. Uh, but that's uh, part of the fellowship we enjoy together as brothers in Christ. So, you know, it's neat when you're a Christian, you have kids and then you become a brother. And that's even better. Uh, our folks uh, do love Jared very, very much. Uh, and there's a reason, and I will tell you why. Uh, he was just a two-year-old when he came to Mount Vernon. And uh, our folks would see him run around. And they did a wonderful thing. Now, Hillary Clinton, Clinton says it takes a village to raise a child. She doesn't know what she's talking about. It takes a church. And so I've got folks that I pray with, and I've been doing it for 34 years. And every week we pray together. But you know what they pray for? They pray for my kids. And they realize they watched, and they watched them when they run around, and say, you know, I need to pray for that little fellow. And they did. And a lot of them were much older than we are and had insight and they realized, you know, we need to pray in that area. Now, I'm asking you, I'm, I'm going to be praying, and I have been, for all four of ours here, as well as the other four God's given us. Uh, but I want you to pray. You're up where you can see it. And I want you to pray for our grandchildren. And that way, especially you that don't have children, that's what God called you to do. You better take it up and do it. Pray for them, and so when you see them grown, you'll do like our folks do, and uh, they constantly say, well, tell me about Jared. What's he doing? What's he doing? Why are they interested? Because they raised him. They prayed him through all the school and everything, and so I want you to do the same. You've got a bunch of them to pray for. Who knows how many more? But I want you to pray for all these that God's given us. And now as we pray for this church, now we've got some faces that we can put with our prayer, and that's yours. And we do thank the Lord for you and praying for you. And I want you to be a great church and get off the roller coaster. You've had a bunch of good preachers, and I think I've known about every one of them uh, all the way through the years. Uh, but you need to quit that. And let's go up, 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 and quit this up and down stuff. All right? Let's take our Bible and turn to Revelation chapter 3. The last church. Last church, which uh, it, it looks like it's a period of time 
And so when you come down to the last church, when you see the last one fulfilled, you know the Lord's coming back. The first chapter in Revelation, Jesus said several occasions, Behold, I come quickly. We get down to the end of the Bible. The last verse that's in red letters in your Bible, he says again, Behold, I come quickly. And then these last four churches, he talks to them, you know, I'm coming back. So, friend, our Lord's coming back any time. And when you read this, you realize, wow, this church is in existence today, the church at Laodicea. Would you stand with me as we read these few verses? Revelation chapter 3, starting with verse 14. And unto the angel, which the word angel means, again, minister or servant, so to the preacher, the church at Laodicea, write, These things saith the Amen. Here again, we got a description of the Lord, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, and thou art neither cold nor hot. I would that thou wert cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm, and neither cold nor hot, I'll spew thee out of my mouth. Because thou sayest, I am rich, and increased with goods, and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich, and white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed, and thou that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thine eyes with eye salve, that thou mayest see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will hear my voice and open the door, I'll come into him and will sup with him and he with me. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in the throne, even as I also overcame and am set down with my Father in his throne. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, as we read this letter tonight, we realize you do love church. Even though you can't say any good thing about it. Not one good word can you say about this church. But you love them. Thank you for your patience putting up with us. And Lord, we desire to be all you've called us to be. Speak to us tonight. Lord, we pray for our lost friends. Lord, they even may be in the church, but lost as they can be. We pray, Lord, for your convicting of their sin, that they've confessed their sin, repent of their pride, and give their heart to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Tonight, as we look at the church at Laodicea, we find it's a very wealthy church. They lived in the area where they may die, and uh, it's a very blessed area. There's some places in our world that are very blessed, and we happen to live in one of those places in America. Very, very blessed. A lot of resources. Laodicea was in a place of great resources. It was a place where they had the uh, fountains that uh, would spew out hot water and uh, things of that sort. Beautiful, beautiful place. And so it was a wealthy place, and the church, therefore, became very wealthy. Uh, the word Laodicea means the voice of the people. I don't believe it's any accident that Jesus picks this church out of all the churches in the world during that day. He says, I want to talk to the church that says they're the voice of the people. We're living in a time where the people's viewpoint is the very highest there is. I got a lot of pastor friends of mine uh, that, you know, if you want to know where they stand, they usually wet their finger and see which way the wind's blowing. Oh, so that's where I'm going to stand. And they're pastors of churches. And they're generally liberal pastors. That's the crowd I went to school with. And they'll say, well, I don't know how to stand on this issue. We'll take a survey and see how most folks feel in the church. That's Laodicea. It makes our Lord sick. We're not a church to find out how most folks feel. We're a church to find out what does God say? What does God's word say? That's where we're going to stand. Now, our country is based on the majority. For the people, by the people, and other people. But our churches are not. Our churches are to be a people that stand on God's word. What does God think in these days? What's his opinion? Where should we stand? And so what we do is get God's word out and say, no, we're not going to find out how most folks feel. Did you read that today uh, or yesterday in the paper? They said, well, you know, if this marriage amendment passed, it's just a matter of time. Everybody's going to change their mind, and it'll pass a few years from now. Uh, they're all based on people. Does God's word going to change in 10 years? No. People change? Oh, yeah. Has America changed? Yes. Yes. I saw one of my school teachers the other day, and uh, she had heard that we had started several schools. And uh, I was talking to her about it, and I said, Yes, I am very much for Christian private education. I'm very much for home education. And I did go to a public school, and you were my teacher. And I remember we memorized scripture down here in Wakeland High School, and we had devotions and prayer. She said, we sure did, and I did it. And I tell you, our schools have gone away from it. The majority have gone away. That's all right. I don't agree with it, don't like it, and won't and do everything I can to stop it. Listen, there's a lot of things that changed. 73, we made it legal for abortion. That make it right? <laughs> God says there's a number of abominations, and one of them is when you kill your children. 
friend, God's people are not to be a people who say, okay, let's just all get together and whatever's the common belief of all of us, that's what we're going to have. No. God's church is to be a place that opens God's word and says, what does God say? I tell you, oh, Joshua and Caleb, aren't they great men? There was thousands of Israelites, thousands of them, and they said, okay, we're going to take a vote and decide whether we should go in Israel or not. You remember that? They took the survey, come back from the result. Two men said, you know what? We know what God wants us to do. Two against two million. And the two million won, didn't they? But ultimately, God won. I know there's a lot of times churches do things and say, well, let's, you know, let's, let's just all kind of get together and see how most of us feel. No, friend. We're to get on our knees before God and God said, God, what do you want us to do? We do too much in the flesh, in the church. And we're to be a people who bows to God and say, God, lead us on. We want your miraculous things that we can't create and we can't do. Look to the Lord. All right, the first thing we find, they are a, a church of the people. And, and the Lord reminds them, I am that one that started everything. I was from the beginning. I was at creation. Creation, it's amazing. Throughout the scripture, when he talks about faith, creation is right there with it. Scripture says in Hebrews, by faith we understand the worlds were formed by the word of God. And I was taught, and I'm sure most of you were, that, uh, you know, we came as a tadpole, and then, you know, uh, we just got a little bigger and bigger, you know, and finally they chopped our tail off and we become a human being. You know, it's, it's the craziest stuff in the world, and I can't believe that that stuff is still being taught and promoted and, and uh, all over the place. But you know what? The Bible constantly says, and he says to this church, I want you to remember, I'm the one that created you in the beginning. And so if you don't think there's a creator, you can do whatever you want, and you feel like you can get away with it. But he reminds us, I created you. And then he says these words about church. Not one good word does he say to this church. Not one. Are there churches like that today? It is. I think you're going to recognize this church. I know it. You know, folks say, well, we got so many churches in America. I say, oh, no, we don't. We don't have near as many churches as you think we do. We don't have that many in Raleigh. We don't. There's not that many churches in Raleigh. I don't count Laodicea as a church. We got a lot of Laodiceans. Here's what they are. He said, I know your works. You're not cold. You're not hot. He said, I wish you were one or the other. Everything's cool. The big word for today is we're tolerant. Everything's all right. You can do whatever you want. We got a lot of churches like that. I said, well, you know, uh, we don't accept members who live together, not married. And uh, you said, what do you do about it? We tell them, you can't join. I told one of them that recently. They came down the front, wanted to join. I said, I'm sorry. You're living with this person. You can't, do, you can't join this church. Got mad, got over it. I said, well, you, you got to straighten it out. You get married. Get things right, then you can come join. He went and got married, and he was able to join. 
I said, well, you're pushing. Listen, you don't live against God's will. But I, we got a lot of churches that say, well, whatever you want to do, however you want to live, you're fine. Just come here. We just accept everybody. We love everybody. <laughs> uh, no, friends. God says, that makes me sick. You're not cold about anything. You're not hot. You're not fired up about anything. You're not cool about anything. Everything's all right. He goes on and says, you know what? Um, I wish, I wish. He said, you're lukewarm. You're not cold and hot. I just want to, you see what he says there? I, I'm using old King James, you know. If it's really up-to-date language, I don't know what your Holman says or E.S., but you are to say, you know, it just makes me want to puke. That's, that's our language today. Can you believe Jesus would talk that way? <laughs> this is red letters. You notice that? This is words Jesus said. He said, down this church, I just want to throw up right in your presence. This makes me sick. I'm sure you've had coffee to sit around. And, and more time went by and you thought, you know, and you grab it. and Ooh. Our Lord said, yeah, I just want to spew you out of my mouth. There's water that comes straight out of the well. And then they have those hot springs over there near Laodicea. And what would happen? The hot springs would come out. The water would get hot and it mixed with the other. And, and you get some of that water drink. And that water, ooh, it's not cold. It's not hot. And our Lord said, you know what? As a church, you're just that way. I wish you were one or the other. I can't stand in the middle of the ground. Stand somewhere, but you're not standing anywhere. We've got an issue like undrinking today. Uh, we got churches that uh, are meeting in bars, and uh, it's like, oh, it's okay, it's all right. And, you know, and we got that here in Raleigh. We got all sorts of things in Raleigh. As you know, we got a, a lesbians leading some of our churches, and, and uh, one of our professors at uh, Methodist College here in Raleigh, Meredith, you saw in the paper yesterday. You know, she just professed the fact, you know, I, I'm a lesbian. Been living with this woman for five years, and uh, everything's cool. Everything's fine. Well, we're living in a day where a lot of churches are saying, that's fine, that's fine. Everything's fine. You do whatever you want to do. And our Lord says, this is making me sick. I wish you are one or the other, but you're neither one. In fact, he goes on to say, um, you... Um, you say you're fine, you're wealthy, you got plenty. And uh, he says, you're poor, you're blind, you're wretched, you're miserable, and you're naked. You're totally exposed. You're absolutely nothing. In fact, he goes on. And when he says you need to ask salve, uh, salve was the, lotion, the medication that they used all through the scripture. Uh, or, or anointing uh, with oil. Uh, like uh, when he said you pray, what do you do? You take the medication, the anointing, the salve, whatever. He, our Lord says, you know what? You need some medication. You really need to go to the doctor as a church, and you need to be fixed. You're sick as a church. Wealthy, thought they had plenty, but our Lord's assessment is you are one sick church. You know, in churches like that, have plenty, beautiful facilities. I tell you, uh, I, I do enjoy, when I get on these sabbaticals, I, I do enjoy good visiting churches around. And I tell you, I've said something about some churches. 
They're the best show in town. They're cheap. You can go, and it's just a, sh- a show is all in the world it is. That's all it is to it. Is that what worship's about? Show? Or is it loving and exalting the Lord? He says to this church, you make me sick. And then I want you to see what he says. And he says in verse 19, now I wouldn't get so hard on you like this if I didn't love you. And then I want you to notice verse 20. What a verse. I'm sure you all have memorized these verses. He's talking to the church. And he says, Is anybody going to let me in? I went to my neighbor's house today and knocked on the door. <laughs> Nobody come. I told my wife, it's 9.30. I reckon they're still asleep. So I went back at 12.30. Not to the door. They open. Great. And our Lord is knocking, not out there. He's knocking on the door of the church, of Church People's Park. Holman Hunt, you know, painted that great famous painting, The Light of the World. His critic came to him. You remember the picture, I'm sure. Jesus knocking at the door of his old cabin. After he painted it, a critic came to him and said, hey, you, you left off the doorknob. And Holman said, I didn't intend to put it on because, you see, the only way you open your door to the Lord is from the inside. He does not. And some of you are sitting here tonight and you're thinking, you know what? God's going to open the door of my heart. No, he's not. He knocks. And it's our job to open the door. He knocked at my door when I was 10 years old. My sister was younger. She's smarter than I am. Some folks said, well, you know, my dad said, you know, I didn't think you're ever going to get saved. Well, you know, quite frankly, it never bothered me because I was 10. I never even thought about it. I knew who it was, but it wasn't until I was 10 and I, I realized the Lord's coming back, and I'm sure not going. I knew who I was. I knew my life, and uh, I was a typical hypocrite. At church, I was good as long as Mom and Dad was there. When I was out from Mom and Dad, when I went to Sunday school, I was something else. Some of you are that way too, aren't you? And you know good and well, you're going straight to hell. The Lord come back. I knew I would. I knew I wasn't going. But I felt the Lord knocking at my heart's door, and I said, come in. I thought you had to work for it. I thought it's something you had to do. Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 was the key. And I had memorized that scripture, and it says, For by grace are you saved through faith. It's a gift, not of works, lest any man go around and brag about it. So it's not what you do. It's a gift that God wants to give you. And when you hear him knocking, he said, I want to give it to you. And what are you going to do? Say, I don't want it. Well, I wanted it. 
And Jesus says, I stand at the door and knock. And if any man, some folks, well, you got to be one of the select few. No, you don't. He says, if any man will hear my voice. Now, it doesn't mean men like men. It means people. If any person, whoever you are, you hear the Lord knocking at your door, you want it. You want him to come into you. He says, I'll come in. And listen to what he's going to do. <laughs> I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. You know what that means? He says, if you just open your heart's door, you know what we'll do? We're going to do what we did here this night. We'll sit down and eat together. You got a problem with that? Some of you don't have a partner. Some of you all by yourself. And what he's saying is, you know what? We're going to fellowship the rest of our days together. Isn't that nice? So you never say, you know what? I'm a Christian, so I have to eat by myself. No, you don't. No. If you've asked Jesus to come into your heart, he said, you know what? I'm going to eat with you and you with me. That's one reason you pray. You say, Lord, thank you. We're going to have a good time eating here together. And so you fellowship together with him. Isn't it something? He said this to a church. And tonight, friend, he's saying this to you. Why am I talking to the church? He gave it to the church because he knew, like this church, it was filled with people who were not saved. Filled with people not saved. That's disturbing. Jesus told the story about the ten virgins, which you mean, you know, are ten good people, ten pure girls. And they were waiting for the groom. And they were the bride. They didn't know when he was going to come. And then ten of them went out, five went out and got oil, and the rest of them said, well, we'll wait. We've got plenty of time. And then the groom came. And they didn't know when he was going to come. What's he talking about? He's talking about himself. He's the groom. We're the bride. And he came and they weren't ready. Five were ready. Five weren't. And the door was closed. They said, well, we've got to get some oil. So they ran out and tried to get some oil and come back and knocked on the door and couldn't get in. Why? He's already come. You're too late. You knew he was coming and you weren't prepared. I believe Jesus was talking about the church. I believe that half the church is ready when Jesus is going to come and half are not. If Jesus were to come tonight. You say, well, everybody knows I've been a member of this church a long time. But friend, have you ever invited him in your heart? Maybe you joined, but you never united with Jesus. You never said, Jesus, come in my heart. And you know what? We're going to have every meal today, together. We're going to walk together, live together every moment, every day. We're going to do that all our life. You've never done that. He loves you, wants to do that. He wants to fellowship with you. He don't want you just to come to church and sing a few songs and give a little bit and leave. That's not church. Church is walking with Jesus, coming in here, saying, Lord Jesus, I'm here to glorify you and love you and 
do it with some other folks that love you. I love lifting you up. And then I'm going to go out here and talk about you, and we're going to have a good life together. What an existence. But some of you aren't doing it. It's just like Laodicea. You're not hot. You're not cold. Friend, how do I know? I see what happens at the ball games. Carolina win or State win, and they show immediately the fans. And they go absolutely crazy. Wow! And you look at them and go, wow, look at those crazy people. And Jesus says to Laodicea, you're not hot, you don't, you're not cold. People get saved, new people come, you don't get excited. Now, huh, well, what they're here for? Our Lord sees it. He wants a church that's exciting. He wants a group of folks that just go wild and crazy when somebody gets saved, when a new person comes you've been praying for. Go crazy. He said, I wish you were. But it's indication. When you don't get excited over the Lord, when you don't love Him, when you don't want to come to worship, it's a good indication. You never really got it. And so he says, I stand at the door and knock. Are you going to be ready? He's coming back any time. Jesus told the story. He said, you know, uh, two men are going to be working in the field. And one's going to be taken. Other left. You believe it? I do. I was telling this to some of our folks. And I said, you know what? One of these times you're going to come home, man. And you're going to wonder where your wife is. And she's gone. And you missed it. All because you said, I'm a hard-headed man. And I'm not going to accept the Lord. One of my hard-headed men came to talk to him one day. He said, you know what? I went home and I couldn't find my wife. He said, I got scared to death. I thought for sure she had gone and left me and he got saved. Now, you know, you heard about that captain of the boat, that airplane, went berserk. There's something more than that to get concerned over. What is going to happen? wonder how they're going to report it. Christians flying the airplane. And the Lord comes. We don't know what happened to the pilot, but he took out of here. You talk about panic. You better be praying. Jesus said two ladies are going to be working in the mill. Suddenly one taken, the other left. Our Lord, friend, is given the invitation. For you tonight. Don't wait. Don't put it off. I've warned you. You've already got the word. It's going to happen. When? Anytime. We're closer. Paul thought it was right away. John thought it was right away. He ended up the book and said, Amen. Come on, Lord. Ninety some years old. He couldn't wait. He'd been waiting. He said, Oh, you know, friend, we've had a couple thousand years. He's coming. We're closer. Come on. If you're a gambling person, figure out the odds. It's closer tonight than it was last night. And tonight, you need to come and ask Jesus to come in your heart. It's one of those years that uh, I was gone about every other week. Mother was dying over here at Wellington. And I asked the Lord, let me stay, be here when she goes. And so it's a week of Bible school.
And sure enough, I'm not going to be gone during that week. I was here. It was a Friday. And I was over here, close by. And I said, Mother, you know, um, we got Bible school commitment tonight. And, uh, you know, somebody always gets saved. So I want to go preach, and I'll come back. And she said, go on. You go do it. So I said, Mother, I'll see you later. And I left. Sure enough, God saved some folks and come home and come back over to Wellington. And she had already gone. Just in a couple hours' time. People said, Well, you didn't get to tell your mama bye, did you? <laughs> I said, No, I was never going to tell mother bye. I'd already made up my mind what I was going to tell her. I told her just what I told her. I'll see you later. You see, when you're in Christ, you don't ever have to tell somebody bye. Unless, of course, you won't see them again. Now, snap this, friend. Some of you I'll never see again here. Do I need to tell you bye tonight? If I tell you bye, you know, you need to get down here and get saved. The neat thing about Christians is we never tell anybody bye. But you've got to have your reservations in. Jesus said, I'm standing at the door knocking. Would you open your heart's door? Right now, tonight, God's dealing with some of your hearts, some of you younger, some of you older. And you know right now, you'd like to have God in your heart. You feel that right now? He's just talking to you. Some of you here and already a member of the church, but you know you really don't have it. You've got religion, but you don't have Jesus. And so I'm going to ask you tonight, invite him in go on and do this just tell him this Lord I know me I know where I'm headed I don't deserve you but I believe you died for my sins I hear you knocking come in is that hard come on in And let's eat together the rest of our days. Let me pray that prayer with you right now. You pray it and mean it.